Welcome to the S-Files, sponsored by Serve Wisconsin, Wisconsin's National Community Service Board. I'm your host, Kyle Flower, Communications and Government Affairs Officer for Serve Wisconsin. S-Files is your look into the impacts and stories of AmeriCorps members and volunteers serving throughout the state of Wisconsin. Each episode, we'll be digging into their service stories, or S-Files, to learn about the people and programs whose service is meeting critical needs across Wisconsin and enriching the lives of the people and communities they serve. In this episode, we are talking with Nicole Chavez and Shirley Aspinall, who are both serving this year with Marshall Clinic Health Systems AmeriCorps Community Corps at Milwaukee Riverkeeper. So Shirley and Nicole, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. How are you both doing? I'm doing great. Pretty good. It's nice outside, so it's really lifted up the mood around here. (laughs) And then could you start off by telling us a little bit about your AmeriCorps service this year with Marshall Clinic's Community Corps program? Sure, yeah. So this is my first year with AmeriCorps, and I wasn't exactly sure what being an AmeriCorps member all entailed, but I had been wanting to get into community service for some time, so it seemed like the right fit, and it certainly has been. It's been a bummer that we haven't gotten to meet anyone in person yet, but Marshfield Clinic did a great job connecting us virtually. Like when I see AmeriCorps members all the time now around the city, it's like seeing a longtime friend. And I genuinely feel like I'm part of a family with similar values, interests, and a common goal of improving our communities. And I can't express how great that feels. Yeah, I definitely agree with all that. And it's also great how a group of the environmental service, the AmeriCorps members that are doing environmental work, we also make connections outside of the uh, monthly meetings. So yeah, we have our environmental connection meetings once a month or once every other month. So it's great to build off of that family and see each other outside of the normal meetings that we have. That sounds great. And I know you both are serving at Milwaukee Riverkeeper. So could you walk us through what your day-to-day service looks like there? So my role at Milwaukee Riverkeeper is the communications coordinator. And I've been working directly under the creative director, helping her manage the four social media platforms we have by doing things like creating graphics and posts and getting those posts scheduled out. And I also create and send out our what we like to call our e-blasts, which is just our emails for everybody who has a subscription to us. So my role is to essentially help Milwaukee Riverkeeper get the word up out about everything we're doing, which is quite a lot. And then I also manage our tabling program, which is restarting after two years of having to put it to a halt. So I've recruited and trained volunteers to be what we call event ambassadors. And this means they will attend various events throughout the city for us to help communicate who we are and what we do. We're invited to a lot of events, but we're such a small staff that there's just no way we could attend all of them. So being able to have volunteers is so crucial and important. And it's been great. Yeah, and my role is a little bit different. So my title at Milwaukee Riverkeeper is the Sustainability Coordinator. But I actually don't do too much with Milwaukee Riverkeeper itself. My main role is acting as the Volunteer Coordinator with Plastic Free MKE. And Plastic Free MKE is a 100% volunteer-led coalition that's looking to reduce single-use plastic use in Milwaukee and the surrounding areas. So Milwaukee Riverkeeper does their annual cleanups every year, and they found that a lot of the trash that was getting picked up was plastic. So they wanted to do something to kind of stop the plastic before it got into the river. And they found this small group of volunteers that were starting Plastic Free MKE, and Milwaukee Riverkeeper gave them like a platform and helped them grow their movement. Yeah, so that's what my main role is. And I do a lot of different things within Plastic Free MKE. 
So just like Shirley does with Milwaukee River Keeper, I run the social media channels. There are two really great social media volunteers that I meet with on a monthly basis, and they help me with our different posts. I do the monthly newsletter that gets sent out from Plastic Free. I work on all five of the working groups. Um, We have our lake-friendly group, our DEI group, policy, education, and reuse. And some other things that I do are putting together the bi-monthly webinars. I do tabling at events. Now that the weather is warming up, we get to be at more events that are outside. Uh, Like I said, I put together the newsletter. I do communications with our current volunteers, and I also do volunteer recruitment. And yeah, just other community outreach and education. So it sounds like both of you are doing a lot of outreach to the community and really trying to inform them about conservation issues of what's happening within the Milwaukee area. So could you tell us all about what you're doing to educate and inform and reach out to the local communities? Basically, we are always trying to communicate what we call the four cornerstones of impact. It's what our Milwaukee Riverkeeper focuses on and how we try to help our waterways, which is protect, restore, connect, and advocate. For protect, for example, we recruit water quality monitoring volunteers. And from May to September, we train them and they go out once a month to a designated spot somewhere along the Milwaukee River Basin, take a bunch of tests like for pH and temperature, dissolved oxygen. They check to see what macroinvertebrates are in the water and they check to see how clear or murky the water is with turbidity too. And all of this data gets compiled up and turned into what we call our Milwaukee River Basin report card, which we print off every year and it shows everyone essentially the quality and health of the Milwaukee River Basin. So we try to reach out, we use that report card to reach out for our advocacy work when it comes to policies around the rivers and water quality like that. That's one way we try to we bring that with us to advocate for policy change that will impact the rivers in a better way. And then we restore the rivers with things like our big cleanups. We have the huge one every year, every Earth Day. This past Earth Day, we had 4,300 volunteers from all around the city come out and they were able to clean up 106,000 pounds of trash over 82 different sites along the waterways, which they've been doing this for 27 years and that's the most it's ever been so far, which is pretty awesome. And then we hold an adopt a river program where anybody can come and adopt a certain part of the river and they can clean that up just twice a year for two years. And then we try to connect people to the waterways because if they're on the waterways, they're more likely to care about the waterways. So we do that with things like putting on kayak tours and boat tours. We hold fly fishing clinics. That's the main ways that get people out there now. Yeah. And then just main, like I said before, advocacy work, speaking out with We'll try to inform people about what's going on or whatever is needed to help improve the health of our waterways. Care for Keeper and Plastic Free MKE are also both involved with helping open classrooms. So if an educator or a group reaches out to us and they would like us to put on a presentation or work with their group in any way, we're more than happy to do that. For example, earlier today, I went and acted as a guide on a field trip with a class of fourth graders. And we went and did a boat ride along the Milwaukee River, the Kinnikinnick, and we you know, even went on to the harbor for a little bit. So yeah, I got to point out different things to them um, and teach them a little bit about the river. And they were all very engaged. So that's another way we you know, try to get the word out is by you know, reaching out to the younger generation and, and getting them to care. That sounds wonderful. And then with the Plastic Free MKE, are there any specific community education aspects that you're doing to try to reach out to help 
eliminate the usage in Milwaukee? Yeah, there are several different things we do. We also do presentations to classrooms. We have this thing called a plastic bag monster. It's a costume that's made out of 500 plastic bags. And we have volunteers wear it and stand outside of grocery stores with the permission from the grocery store, of course. And then we kind of talk to people about the plastic bag usage. And the costume is made out of 500 plastic bags. And we chose that number because that's on average how many plastic bags the average American uses per year. And just seeing it all at once like that kind of gets people's attention and it kind of gets people to think about their choices and kind of encourages people to do reusable bags instead of plastic bags. And then through that, we get people to think about other ways they use plastic in their lives, especially single use and, you know, try to make changes that work for them to eliminate some certain single-use plastic items that they use from their life. We table at events. We have our, it's like a trivia wheel that a volunteer made out of all repurposed items. It's made from like bicycle wheel, playing card, bubble wrap, cardboard, and it has different plastic trivia questions on there. So it engages the community to spin the wheel, try to answer the question, and they've got some pretty crazy plastic facts on there. And that's another way that we teach people about plastics. Would there happen to be a favorite plastic fact from the wheel that you can remember that you always think shocks people? My favorite one, not necessarily favorite, but I think the one that catches people's attention the most is what percentage of Great Lakes plastic is found in Lake Michigan. And it's 50%. So we have five Great Lakes and every year about 22 million pounds of plastic ends up in the Great Lakes. So that means about 11 million pounds of plastic ends up in Lake Michigan alone every single year. That would have surprised me to guess it would have been that high of a percentage. It's a lot. And then one more thing that we have is our plastics education toolkit. And it's on our website. It's available for anybody that wants to use it, educators especially. We have presentations, lesson plans, activities for kids of all ages. So that's another thing that we use. And I know you've already mentioned it, but one huge thing is that annual river cleanup that happened a few weeks ago for Earth Day. So you kind of share your experiences helping organize and participate in the river cleanup. That was a big, heavy duty. (laughs) We were pretty busy for probably the whole month leading up to it. And even before that, I was especially busy because there's a lot of social promotion going out for the cleanup, during it all, and then especially afterwards because there's just so many eyes on our social media at that point. So we try to get as much people to still stay involved with us in the other ways that we can. But it was a lot of fun. We, Me and Nicole started pretty early helping with some of the news interviews that was happening that morning, <laughs> uh, which was nerve-wracking, but it was really cool. And yeah, I got to help out at the American Family Field where there was about like 150 volunteers signed up at. So really cool to be able to chat with people and see what they find. People find some of the craziest stuff during that cleanup. And then it never ceases to amaze me how much they find too. Like you think the pile's done and maybe they're slowing down and they're not going to stop picking stuff up. But no, suddenly there's somebody rolling three tires over and then a shopping cart and oh, five more bags. It's just kind of crazy. But it's, it's kind of fun because it's like... Um, once you, you're out there and you're looking for trash and it does start getting, it's kind of like an Easter egg hunt. It, it becomes a challenge in that way where it's like, okay, I can find more. What can I find? So it does get fun to keep looking for all that. Yeah. And prior to the cleanup, Shirley and I both had supply sorting shifts where we, well, first we moved all of the supplies that we had up in the office down to the first floor. We're on the third floor in our building. So we had to move all the supplies down to the first floor. So the next day, volunteers could come in and help us sort everything. 
So we went through and separated everything that we needed, like the plastic garbage bags, our gloves, the t-shirts, all the different cleaning supplies, hand sanitizer, you name it. If you need it for a cleanup, we, we gave it to our sites. But yeah, we organized them based on the needs and how many volunteers were signed up for each site. And then put those all in alphabetical order so they could get delivered and picked up by the site captains the next day. And then after the cleanup, we had shifts where we would wait at the office and have people bring back their supplies. So then we had to put everything away after that. <laughs> a lot of sorting and taking out and putting away. So where were you? I think, Shirley, you said you were at the American Family Field. And Nicole, were you there as well? Or were you at a different location during the cleanup? I was really close to Shirley, actually. I was at Three Bridges Park. But yeah, we had a lot of trash. I think there were 200 volunteers that were signed up at that site. Because there's an urban ecology center that's located right there. And then we found two different shopping carts. There were some tires. There was a full chair that someone had just left along the trail. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> so how many volunteers and sites did you have in total? We had a little over 4,300 volunteers and 82 sites. So did you get a grand total of how much material got pulled out of the river? Yes, it was a little over 106,000 pounds. Just a tiny amount, just <laughs> yeah. over 100,000 pounds. Yeah. No big deal. And so I know a big part of your service is helping build up the capacity of the organizations who do their operations and to help manage the volunteers. Can you tell us a little about the work you do with the volunteers? Yeah, so more recently... As I mentioned before, I've just kicked off our event ambassador program. So I, a couple weeks ago, I just finished training with them and they haven't gotten out yet, but basically I had to give them a nice big long virtual training, kind of getting to know one another and then giving them the whole big spiel about Milwaukee Riverkeeper and what we do and some ways they can remember it, ways they can remember our slogan, and then all the materials they need to get familiar with, like our report card. And we have a quarterly newsletter we print off that we call River Currents. And, you know, they got to get familiar with that too, just so that they have a feel about what to direct people to when they're asked questions at the events they're going to be at. I was really excited to get to meet them virtually. I'm even more excited to get them meet them when they come to the office to pick up supplies for me before the events they're going to go to because a lot of them were really enthusiastic. Most of them were have already done stuff with Milwaukee Riverkeeper for a couple years or just the past year, whether it's been water quality monitoring or they've done event ambassadoring before for us or they've like been to our paddles or things like that. So a lot of them are really enthusiastic about the waterways and I guess you got to be a kind of person to volunteer to say, yeah, I'll come and talk to a whole bunch of people at a park <laughs> that I don't know about a group that I enjoy, <laughs> but I don't always know a lot about. You got to have a kind of personality to do that. So they all have some really uh, vibrant, exciting personalities. So it's been fun. Yeah, that's the same thing. So with Plastic Free, MKE, every single person that I encounter in the organization is a volunteer you know, because it's a 100% volunteer-led coalition. So it's great. Like there are people that have been with Plastic Free since it was created in 2018. So these people are really passionate about the movement and they're really involved and they continue to be involved, which amazes me that they got involved with something and they're still with it four years later. And then, yeah, I mean, it's outreach to new volunteers as well. Just recruited a new volunteer to help with an event that we were at. And, you know, she's an educator and she came in and and she just 
jumped right into it. There was, there was like no learning period. It was amazing. She, she was great. But yeah, it's just, it's really cool to see how many people care about the same thing that you do and how many people are willing to join in and help the cause. Yeah. And I would add to that too, that it's really cool how many different kinds of people there are from all different walks of life. There's, you know, retired volunteers, there's people who are in college, there's moms with two other jobs, there's, it's all different age groups and it's all different walks of life of volunteers. And I think that's one of the cooler parts too. That's just fantastic. And so I'm glad you're able to work with so many different people that help make a difference in the Milwaukee area. And then Shirley and Nicole, why did you decide to serve as an AmeriCorps member this year with Marshall Clinic's Community Corps program? I decided to serve as an AmeriCorps member with the Community Corps because, like I mentioned before, I had been searching for some time for a way to positively impact the community, especially with an environmental focus. I'm also currently in school and still have quite a way to go. So the opportunity to provide community service along with the educational award that's provided to us afterwards made joining the Community Corps an no-brainer. Yeah. So with me, I had just graduated, well, not just, but last May, I graduated with my bachelor's of science in conservation and environmental science. I had a limited term employment position with the DNR at um, one of the state parks. And that was fun, but I just felt like I wanted to give back more to the community. So I was searching for a job in the nonprofit sector, especially with a focus on the environment. And I came across a job posting at Milwaukee Riverkeeper. And I had been familiar with Milwaukee Riverkeeper because I had volunteered for their annual cleanups, you know, two years prior. So I was, I was familiar with them. And when I saw that they were hiring for a sustainability coordinator, I you know jumped at the chance. And to be honest, I, I hadn't heard of AmeriCorps or CommuniCorps before I saw this position at Milwaukee Riverkeeper. But looking into it after I, I saw the job posting, I thought it was just a great fit. It was the opportunity I was looking for to give back to the community, work for a nonprofit, and you know, really dip my toes into the environmental sector. That's wonderful. And I'm glad that both of you are able to find the connection. And as Shirley said, you're still going to school and finishing up. So the educational award will be able to help with getting that tuition over the next year or two going. And then what have been some favorite stories or some highlights of your service you could share with us? My favorite memory so far was actually last weekend because it's finally warming up now. So we're moving from working inside all the time to working on the rivers and at parks all around the city. And last week we began training our water quality monitor volunteers. I was there to get a bunch of photos and videos for our social media. And it was just so much fun. We got to it was a beautiful day. We had waders on and we got to be in the water and uh, doing science and <laughs> playing with bugs. It was, <laughs> so, it was really, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, so far, my favorite memory was the first time I went and did a presentation for a classroom. It was a classroom of sixth graders and I partnered up with Nearby Nature they do an educational initiative and they were focusing on plastics for that month. So I got to go in and talk to the classroom about plastics. And it was just amazing to see how engaged these kids were in the topic. They knew a lot of the stuff that I was already talking about. So that was promising. And then I gave them two options for an activity at the end of my you know, presentation and spiel. And one was like an art activity and the other one was to go out on school grounds and do a cleanup. And they all wanted to do the cleanup. It was great. They all wanted to go outside and, and clean up their school. 
And yeah, it just gave me a lot of hope for the future. That's wonderful. And then looking forward to the rest of your AmeriCorps terms, what are some things you're looking forward to over this summer? I'm looking forward to spending more time on the rivers, as well as connecting with more like-minded people who care about the health of our waterways. I'm excited about that as well. And I'm also excited just to keep attending community events and to continue to table and get the word out about Milwaukee Riverkeeper and Plastic Free and just continue to grow our organizations. Earlier, you mentioned forging some of the connections with the other AmeriCorps members serving with Marshall Connects program because they're throughout the state. You've been doing it virtually. So what are some of the ways that you've been able to engage with your fellow AmeriCorps members this year? So Milwaukee Riverkeeper is doing a film screening and they're screening a documentary about alternative energy, energy sources. Uh, it's called Reinventing Power. So we reached out to one of the AmeriCorps service members that's serving at MREA. Midwest Renewable Energy Association. Thank you, Shirley. You're welcome. <laughs> um, we reached out to one of the AmeriCorps uh, members serving there and asked if they would like to be a part of the panel since they focus on solar power. Thought it would be, you know, a great person to have on the panel and kind of speak more to um yeah, that topic. Did they do this year the giant mid-year training that would you used to would have been in person, but virtual again this year? It was. Yeah. So how did they have you all getting together with other members? These? How did they get you all to do some more engaging activities besides whatever the coursework was? Well, they did a lot of breakout groups and activities. So we got to talk to each other in smaller groups. They also did some really interesting things like the neurocolor panel. Yeah, that was really cool. It's where it was kind of like a personality test, essentially, where you answered a bunch of questions and it gave you different colors based on how you answer those questions. And it kind of told you what your communication style was. And I forget what else they talked about, but I think it was mainly communication. And then we broke off into groups and talked about that. We did a virtual escape room, which was another fun activity. <laughs> that was really fun. I've done a real life one and I had so much fun. I was like hesitant, like, how is this going to work virtually? But it actually worked out really well and it was it was a blast. That's really yeah. cool. And then what plans do you both have for after your AmeriCorps term ends this summer? I am actually signing up for a second year. <laughs> so, um, and I'm excited because it sounds like we're going to get the chance to meet everyone in person this time for our training in September. So I'm looking forward to that. That's wonderful. Thank you for serving again. After my service term, I'm going to be relocating to Salt Lake City, Utah. And Utah has a lot of wilderness and a lot of national parks. So I'm hoping to find work in a park of sorts out there. <laughs> well, have fun exploring the area out there. There are some beautiful national parks out there and beautiful areas out there. Yes, thank you. And then Shirley and Nicole, just thank you both so much for talking to us today and sharing about your AmeriCorps service this year. You're welcome. Thank you for, thank having, you for us. having us. This is a great conversation. And just thank you for the great work you're doing and helping to keep our waterways safe and clean and to help eliminate the use of excess plastic and to get things going to help our environment here in Wisconsin. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Nicole, good luck with the move out west. And Shirley, good luck with your continued studies and your second AmeriCorps term next year. So excited. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you again to Nicole and Shirley for sharing about their AmeriCorps service with Marshall Clinic Community Corps at Milwaukee Riverkeeper and giving us two more stories that we can file under service. 
Thank you for tuning in to the S-Files podcast, produced by Serve Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Clower. Your producer is Serve Wisconsin intern, Anna Daniker. And as always, a big thank you to everyone that serves here in Wisconsin. Remember, the S and S-File stands for service, and you are the reason we have so many great stories to highlight. Tune in next time for another page pulled from the S-Files.